My name is Nick Wokia, and on today's episode... But you're not really going beyond the tissue's innate elastic stretch. There's a lot to be said about just the mechanical motion and how that actually forces fluid to other places within the body. You're essentially opening up that space and allowing vibration to occur again. Long-term pain from chronic tension, excess stress, just a basic lack of mobility, inflexibility, and when you're looking to induce global three-dimensional body-led change, then this one, breath first, breath leading, is going to be put in the advantage. Welcome to the Nikwokia Health Podcast. My entire life, I've pursued the uppermost reaches of health and vitality just to uncover what true human potential feels like. Along the way, I've discovered trends and patterns that converge on a handful of single points. These points then have the power to radically shift systemic health. One of these points is fascia. Welcome to the game. Do you find you're not getting the effects that you want from your rolling or you've taken out myofascial release and you used it to get past your pain points, but now as a maintenance thing, you're not really seeing much progress? Well, today's episode is for you and it's a short one. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to talk about why myofascial release from the inside out is superior to the outside in. And that's a quick caveat, obviously. This is not the case for every single scenario. If you're going from the outside in, I would advocate that a uh, position where you have trigger points or an obvious adhesion or a significant knotted muscle or a group of fascial tissue, that the best avenue to take would probably be coming from the outside in, i.e. with a lacrosse ball, i.e. with some sort of torture device, i.e. with a massage roller or somebody else's hands, your hands, corner of a bench, whatever you can figure out to actually open that adhesion up. But what we're looking at today is more of a view of long-term. We're looking at maintenance protocols. We're looking at chronic pain. We're looking at general inflexibility and immobility and just trying to open that up from the inside out. So we're really going to crack into this case today. And like I said, it's going to be short. It's going to be fast. So you don't have to be listening to this all day. All right, so let's break down the concept first. What's the difference between coming from the outside in and the inside out? Well, when we're coming from the outside in, i.e. we're using a lacrosse ball to actually hone in on a pain point or a place that's causing pain, what we're doing is we're using compression. And we're essentially mechanically loading the tissue and that's what's allowing or facilitating the fluid exchange. So what we're doing is we're actually putting the ball or I'm just going to use the lacrosse ball for the rest of my examples here. We're using a lacrosse ball and we're putting that on the area of focus, the target of focus. And when we do that, we're actually compressing the tissues and going further and further and further. And as we relax into it so that the fit tissue doesn't contract, we're actually pushing into that and basically treating it like a sponge. So it's kind of compressing. And then as soon as you release all the water that surrounds that area rushes in. Okay, so if you're looking at the going from the inside out, 
what we're actually doing is the opposite. So we're creating tension in the form of stretch. So we're still manipulating from the outside, but instead of compressing the space, we're shrinking the space by stretching it out. So we're looking at the area that we want to target, and then we're stretching that by putting a lot of tension on it, pulling it, and we're going to break this down a little bit later, but you're pulling it and then you're forcing expansion from the inside out and you're using your breath in order to facilitate fluid exchange. So what we're seeing here is kind of like a sponge versus balloon. So what I like to call it is the breath balloon from the inside, because essentially that's what you're doing. You're using your breath to blow your body up like a balloon and Previous to that or prior to that, you're creating tension by shrinking space. So essentially, all you're doing is shrink wrapping your body and blowing it up like a balloon using your breath. That is going from the inside out. From the outside in, you're looking at a sponge. All right. And there's some key differences here. First, if you're looking at a sponge, basically how it works is it's point specific. So you have to pick the point. You can grasp this idea that you are actually having to specifically grab the ball and put it on a point that you think needs to be targeted. So a couple things come into mind when this happens. One, the brain can only process so much neural input. So, so many stressors. So once it passes three to five, the other stuff all goes on the back burner. It's still being processed subconsciously, but it's not to your conscious level. So your awareness of where to place the ball is kind of short-sighted because it's not body-led anymore. It's brain-led. So you kind of have to pick where you're going with the ball. So that's one. Two is when you do this, when you're creating a point-specific load, um, you're compressing the tissue. And when you compress the tissue, you're allowing, um, sorry, you're limited to the tissue's innate elasticity. Think of it this way. If it's like a sponge and you're loading a specific point, well, then you're relying on the tissue's innate elasticity because as you push in and then you release then the fluid is rushing in to occupy the space that just got pushed out of. So basically, if a sponge is full of water, you press it, water goes out, you open it up again, all the water rushes back in. It doesn't go beyond what the sponge's original size was. So of course, there's other benefit here. You're actually flushing toxins in and out. You're getting nutrients in and out. And quite possibly, just due to the pressure difference and the sudden rush of water, you may get a bit of expansion beyond what was originally intended, but or what was originally present. But you're not really going beyond the tissue's innate elastic stretch. Now, conversely, this is completely different when you're going from the inside out and treating yourself or treating your tissues via or like a balloon. Because if you're stretching the fascia, if you're creating tension over the fascia and then using your breath as a pump to blow yourself up, then what you're doing is you're expanding. Instead of compressing, you're forcing expansion by using your breath to push fluid into a space that you have shrunken. Now, you can do this right now by yourself. Go ahead and take, we're going to use your back as an example, by the way. Go ahead and take your hand, put it underneath, cross your arms, put it underneath each armpit. When you do that, then pull towards your sternum, towards your chest midline. You're going to feel a bunch of tension go through your back because that's you shrinking the space. Now breathe into your back. As soon as you breathe into your back, you're going to feel it expanding. And that's essentially exactly what's happening when you're breathing from the inside out. 
So this expansion allows you to supersede the tissue's innate elastic stretch or innate elasticity. You're pushing it beyond its bounds by forcing fluid in through the pressure mechanism that is your breath. So this is obviously readily apparent when we use somewhere around our torso, right? We can obviously notice this if we were to shrink space around our diaphragm or our back or our chest or even our shoulders up into our neck. It's pretty obvious that we can push breath into those spaces. But what about our ankles? What about our wrists? How does this actually work? Well, couple mechanisms at play. One is this idea of a biological pump. So most of our fluids in our body are pushed around by the diaphragm and it's physical pulsing. And this, what essentially this creates is every time you respire, every time you inhale and exhale, you get this pushing of fluids and you can see it's like an expansion, shrink, expand, shrink, expand, shrink. And that that's you breathing, right? Inhales the expansion, exhales the shrinking and goes back and forth like that. And that's how your cerebral spinal fluid moves around. That's how your lymphatic fluid moves around. That's how your interstitial fluid moves around. All these fluids, even your blood to some extent. I mean, the blood does get pushed around a tiny little bit by the heart, but most of it is via easy water through the heart's vortexing effect. And the idea that we're actually using a pressure gradient from muscle contractions to force it back up towards the heart. So in essence, most of the fluid in our body is moving around via our breath. So if we use the pressure dynamics that comes from our breathing system or what Paul Check likes to call biopumps, then we can actually force fluid in a particular direction. Now, Gil Headley has also accounted for this and has also talked about how much fluid can be pushed around in the fascia just by our breath or just by the mechanical beating, even in our heart. If our heart's mechanical beating, not actually the pushing or pumping of the blood, as is argued in some cases, but actually the mechanical boom, 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 that bouncing that is what pushes fluids around. It's what pushes fluids around within organs. It's what pushes blood around in organs. So there's a lot to be said about just the mechanical motion and how that actually forces fluid to other places within the body. Now, the other aspect is intention, and this is a little bit woo, and I'm not fully educated on it, but there is a particular spot in the brainstem called the reticular activating system. And actually, what you can do is when you create an intention of where you want your breath to go, it inherently will go there. Go ahead and try this for yourself. If you just lie on your back and you're like, I want my breath to go to my knee and you start breathing, however you kind of shape yourself, your whole body will organize to get that breath down to your knee and you'll feel it. It'll be weird. You'll feel it and you'll just know it's happening. And that is conducted by the reticular activating system because what the reticular activating system does amongst its other jobs is it focuses on one thing and it looks for that in your environment and then what it does is it organizes everything all your behavior the way your body is structured the way your systems interact with each other in order to make that to come to fruition so again try it out with yourself see if you can get something to happen you'll experience it. I swear you will. But um, again, this is something I have to educate myself a little bit on. If you don't believe it, don't worry about it. 
just go with the biopump analogy because essentially you can just push fluid around even if it's a minute amount that goes beyond your somatosensory cortex you're still moving the fluid right you're still pushing the fluid just by using your breath so kind of as a recap here how it works is essentially you're just pinning and stretching your tissue and then you're forcing fluid into that tissue. So you've shrunk the space and then you force fluid in because if your fascia is pinched in any spot, if it's got an adhesion in any spot, basically what's going to happen is fluid is just going to circumvent that spot because it can't, it can't get in, right? It's all matted. It's all knotted. It's all, it's all bound, bound up together in this knotty ropey mess. So what you're doing is you're basically shrinking down the space and then So you're creating like a a negative pressure and then you're putting a positive pressure with your breath. So you're, you're leveraging these two pressure systems in order to expand from the inside out. And that kind of blows up and pops the adhesion essentially. I mean, that's an analogy. It's a nice picture to hold in your head. There's a lot more inner workings going on, but what this is essentially doing is it's opening you up from the inside out. Now, this is really critically important that we're actually getting this shrinking and this expansion from the inside out because what is happening, one of the primary, most important, ultimate number one function of fascia is to be able to seamlessly transition from one sacred geometric shape into another. If you look at Jean-Claude Gimberto's video strolling under the skin, you'll see that there's a bunch of icosahedrons and sacred geometric shapes like all the platonic solids that fascia adopts. And then when you stretch it or move it around, the collagen fibers kind of migrate across each other and they contort and basically transition from one sacred geometric shape to another so seamlessly that they can accommodate for all the structural and physical movement patterns that are coming from the inside and from the outside. And so this what this is what gives fascia its dynamism or its ability to dynamically respond in real time. And you're not going to get the same effect with a ball because it's compressing. It's not expanding from the inside out. It's not forcing the fascial tissue to migrate and transition from shape to shape. It's just compressing it and then hoping for that spring back when you release and the fluid rushes back in. There also seems to be a bit of an extra bonus when you're coming from the inside out rather than the outside in. And that's this idea that you have the potential to reset mechanoreceptors because you're expanding the space. Again, we're always going to come back to the central idea that you're just tightening down things and then you're expanding the space. When you do that, you're opening up space for the sensory receptors to actually be exposed to the external environment. So your sensory receptors within your fascia or your mechanoreceptors, they're always picking up cues, but when they get compressed, when the fascia kind of gets all dense and roped up and knotty and matted and, and basically all the fascial sheets kind of compressed together, which is essentially what an adhesion is, these sensory neurons don't have the ability to feel anything anymore because there's, there's, no, there's no ability for the fascial 
fibers or the collagen matrix to actually vibrate because it's just so thick, compact, and dense that nothing's going on. So nothing gets red. When you tighten that sheet down and you start to blow it up and you force space in there, you're essentially opening up that space and allowing vibration to occur again. And that kind of wakes up all the mechanoreceptors within the fascial sheet. What this does is it increases your sense of touch. It also then inherently increases your sense of position because now you have more sensory information moving through the fascia up into the somatosensory cortex. And when you have an increased sense of touch, when you have an increased sense of position, you have an increased sense of safety. So not only A, are you preventing yourself from going into fight or flight and thereby shutting down all that information and creating contractors in your fascia, but you're also exposing yourself to so much more sensory information so that you can make better decisions, better movement patterns that support A, the current position you're in, and B, the health of your fascia, which inherently supports the health of everything else in your body. So in summary, what you're doing when you breathe from the inside out or expand from the inside out, you're creating a sense of expansion, which increases the amount of space that has the potential to reset mechanoreceptors, which goes up to the somatosensory cortex, which increases your sense of safety and allows you to make better decisions, better behavioral choices to maintain the rhythm that keeps you in that state. So that basically sums it up for today. Now, in order to put a cap on this one and call it a close, I just want to say that this is not superior in every single case, but coming from a person who has chronic tension, and if I'm not careful, I'm very uh, prone to creating adhesions quite quickly. This has worked fantastically well for me. So I'll give you an example. I was just at the beach the other day and I did a, a couple sessions where I was going from the inside out for my hips, my knees, my ankles, my feet. And normally I can get into a narrow foot squat, which is basically a squat where it's really tight together, where your feet are really tight together. And um, it requires some muscular contraction or to get there. I finished this session and I was, boom, able to get into it right away. And I was on the beach. So I actually turned myself around so that I was facing uphill and I was even to hold that, able to hold that position quite comfortably. So, um, that in comparison to working with a ball for about 30 minutes and still not being able to get into that position tells me how much of a difference there is between coming from the inside out and the outside in. I also want to make a mention that this is not the only mechanism of action that they work by when we're looking at myofascial release. There's always multiple mechanisms at play. And we took a look at compression and expansion and really decided to polarize the two and compare them just to make it easy. Um, this is also the primary difference between the two because they're both very capable of altering mechanoreceptor signaling. They're both very capable of updating the Braven's movement maps and updating the brain's somatosensory cortex and movement centers. They're also able to induce change in fibroblast activity and alter the fibroblast to myofibroblast transition, especially, 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 especially when you're using a ball and you're preventing uh, providing shear forces, that's going to make a massive difference. However, what we were talking about today was comparing like long-term pain from chronic tension, excess stress, just a basic lack of mobility, inflexibility. And when you're looking to induce global three-dimensional body-led change, then this one, breath first, breath leading inside out is going to be put in the advantage. So that is my finishing piece. I will see you all next week.